0: This is episode number 76 with Don Wettrick. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of growth mindset university it is a pleasure to have you today thank you so much for listening and today we've got a special one it is no secret that the cause of education is near and dear to my heart it's no secret that I absolutely despise what's going on in the education system right now I think it is criminal the things that we're learning are simply not relevant today and I know because I'm currently a college student quite unfortunately It is of my opinion that formal education is a huge scam, and that is why I brought Don Wettrick on the show. Don Wettrick is the founder of Start Ed Up, a company focused on developing future-ready kids and not just good test takers. He's the author of Pure Genius, and he's an innovation specialist at Noblesville High School in Indiana. Don is known for his award-winning work as a middle school and high school teacher, educational and innovation consultant, and educational speaker, being featured in several major media publications like Forbes along the way. He's also talked with Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, Robert Greene, and Alex Benayan on his Start Ed Up podcast to talk about this noble cause of education. Please help me in welcoming the man who is transforming students into young entrepreneurs, my education superhero, Don Wetrick. Cool, let's do it. Don Wetrick. welcome to Growth Mindset University. Now, I've been looking forward to this because... This show, in specific, is all about learning the lessons that we should have learned in school, but did not. Don, in your opinion, what are some of the lessons that we should be learning in school, but simply
1: aren't learning? That's a good way to tee it up. Um, Man, I, I proposed this question to teachers not too long ago, and I said, if school were invented tomorrow, like we've never had an educational system, what would we start off with? Because I guarantee you, it wouldn't be what we created in 1890, um, as we now know. You know, most of our classes are they, they they set aside those things in 1890, and by the way, they worked for 1890. So I I'd say you know some of the things that we would want to cover. Um, I don't know anybody that's not affected by money. <laughs> so uh, you know, like think about how weird it is that econ is an elective your senior year. Uh, I think that we should definitely teach money skills, tax skills. Um, but then I also think that you should teach every student their own social branding just because, you know, you play to your strengths. And I think that every child um, should understand how much of an advantage they are right now at their age in that if they're not doing duck face selfies and f this and f that if they were actually working on things they are so highly sought after they're so in demand because you know your employer a were like I'm dying for this type of person and b you're that unrecognized draft choice <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to go number one and no one, everybody will want to pounce on you. So digital branding, your own digital branding is, is I think, something that should be taught. And then lastly, just innovation, you know, and that's such a broad general term. But like, you know, we have a saying in our class, you know, we create seekers and peakers, not moaners and groaners. And by that, I mean that opportunity mindset, right? Seeking opportunity and then the people that are really dangerous can peek around the corner, they can spot trends. They can look at pattern recognition and go, "Oh, I see this is coming." And and when you start congregating in a group, uh, those those students become peakers because they can bounce things off of other people in the know. And uh, yeah, those that is that my top three. This is my top three list. <laughs> totally, man. I, I those
0: are some great things to learn. I mean, in my opinion, Don, schools are just teaching the wrong information. Like we're spending. It's with me in college, we spent thousands of dollars on a marketing course, you know, out of state tuition, and we're learning things that worked in the nineteen nineties or or even or even earlier. You know, we're not teaching the growth hacking principles and the internet marketing secrets, the dot com secrets. I have an awesome book behind me by Russell Brunson called dot com secrets. Amazing book, but, but we're not learning that sort of stuff in, in college. We're not preparing kids for the future. We're And this is, I absolutely love this from you. You said, uh, and, and if I butcher it, please correct me. The question that you pose is, do we want to prepare kids to be better test takers or do we want future ready kids?
1: Yeah, I mean, and that, that's, that's the essential question because what we're measuring is not really what we're treasuring anymore, right? So we used to treasure like, hey, this kid knows things. Well, by the way, permission to, like, what's the language barrier on here? Can I? Oh, uh, you can go anywhere. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. go. Please. Well, but I mean, like, <laughs> like the, 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 if you think about how funny it is that we used to treasure knowing shit, right? I know things. Oh, well, this guy's hireable. We needed to hire him. Knowing shit is your Google, right? You, 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 how you apply what you know, how you apply what you can, what skills you have are the currency now. So, you know, when I graduated from college in 1995, I had a piece of paper that said I was smart. That's all I needed. (laughs) Like, like, seriously, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz when when the scarecrow gets his brain, he gets a diploma and that's all you needed. And now no one cares if you have a diploma. They care about what you can do with what you supposedly know. So if you have skills, you're in demand. And of course now also, you know, what kind of skills? Just saying I ace the SAT, doesn't mean a whole lot to a lot of employers anymore. And so, yeah, I mean, if 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 we're honoring and, and saluting this, you know, perfect SAT score, what is that really? And, and all this time and all this money goes into the standardized test prep and there are students walking away with college diplomas with 4.0s and they're unemployed. Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, it's, and it's funny too, with like college debt, man, it, you know, we're, we're you know postponing in, you know, making a real income for four to 15 years, uh, you know, paying $70,000 a year or maybe like $30,000 a year for the privilege of listening to someone read out of a book that we can read on our own from, by the way, someone that for most of the time that actually hasn't done the thing
1: that they are reading about. I just. Right. Or had a breakthrough uh, in 1997. What do you mean a breakthrough in 1997? (laughs) Well, I mean like sometimes the, the book, the guy that wrote it had this big breakthrough in 1997. You're like, that's nice. So, I mean, how does that help me now? No. Or I don't know. I, I think it's different now. So when I was in college, most internships were unpaid. I think that's changed now. But like every now and then when I was in the university, I was like, wait a second, I'm paying somebody thousands of dollars to work for free. (laughs) That's like double taxation. You're like, wait, I'm paying somebody to work for free. That's, that's awful. Yeah, totally.
0: I I think there's a real bubble coming up, coming up too with college debt. It's just because what you can't, Yo, you can't declare bankruptcy on it. Uh, like you have to, you're, you binding, you're binded to it forever, right? Like what's yes. the
1: deal with that? Uh, I, I'm just going to quote the state I'm in, the statistics. I think the last time I saw it was either eight or 10 X the all the credit card debt combined. College debt is at least eight times more than all the credit card debt combined. Think about that for a second we're a nation of spenders and a nation that the average person literally lives paycheck to paycheck which means that their savings count is next to zero and 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 to magnify that is yeah this crippling college debt and you're right like the the, the our our, bank lep- our bankruptcy laws are fairly generous except with college debt so if you you know <clears throat> heck if you if you're an entrepreneur and you start a business that's just terrible you can Actually get out of that debt. I don't recommend it because it hurts your credit for a long time, but you can wipe that slate clean. But if you got a shitty education, you can't do that. You're stuck with that for the rest of your life. And I think that this is now on some of the ownership of parents and the universities themselves. Please do a data study on the major you're going to get in to, how many people are actually employed in that major. And I'm not going to shit on anybody's major, Right. Cause like I could spout off some and you'd already know what they are. Yeah. And so I, I, I like, I don't want to be mean, but I'm like, if you're going to be investing thousands of dollars, you better make sure that you're at least at a 50, 50 shot going to get a job in that. Um, or even on my major, I mean, like, you know, teacher, <laughs> I, I have a hard time. I think the average starting pay here in Indiana for a teacher is like, the starting pay is like $33,000. If you go to a private university that's running you, I don't know, 70, you're like, wait, 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 wait. So at the end of that four years, you have $280,000 that it costs you and your starting salary is going to be 30. And then you take taxes (laughs) out and you take this out. Like you're never going to get out of debt. So like do the math. It's you just do the
0: math, right? Do, do the math before you get into it. I don't think people, I don't think people realize how, how I, it's borderline financially irresponsible, how financially irresponsible it is. It's like buying a, like a Porsche in a, in a home. Like, it's just, I don't get it. And the other thing too, it, it, and these, and you know, when you go for something like business, like I am, it's just, uh, you, you're not learning. Not learning shit. Like, let me, let me, Don, let me tell you what goes on at the university level. I'm sure you know. But here's what happens, especially at my school at Florida Gulf Coast University. It may be different at others, but I know this is the majority of universities. My friends and I all go to the same university. You know what it's called? It's called McGraw Hill University. And so McGraw Hill gives the teachers the pa- all the powerpoints these these classes are heavily regulated we get they they get the powerpoints they read off the powerpoint they read out of the McGraw Hill book the, the every slide has the M- like McGraw Hill branding on it okay and so they they read off these scripted notes and then our homework done is McGraw Hill homeworks that you can just click through and still get an A on A- and then the the tests are like auto generated like by from McGraw Hill's Test bank of of thirty thousand questions. Yeah, the the teachers just click the learning outcomes, and then and then an outcomes a test, and then we bubble it into a Scantron, and then that we we it goes into a Scantron and comes out with a number that somehow defines us. Like it's just I, we go to McGraw Hill University, man. I, I I cannot believe. And 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 then like on the the notes, yeah. there's videos sometimes. And the video will like literally
1: be, I swear to God, from the nineties. I, (laughs) it's just so funny, man. No. And, and, and when they're asking you for out of the box thinkers, they, you literally have been inside a box the entire time, prepackaged. So no, it's disgusting. And, 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 you know, for some things, some things don't change. Math will be math, will be math. Right. Um, there's a couple other majors in there that, that don't change. but for something as as evolving and as fast changing as marketing, I mean, think about what a marketing trend was five years ago. It's so vastly different from what it is now. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're getting something that's prepackaged, oh my gosh, it's already out of date. It's It's troubling and and here's and here's the thing that that I guess I'm on a mission on is to um, take away the guilt and the stigma. Uh, from parents right so if by the way there's several things in college you should go to college for right so like there's like medical engineering i understand you gotta go but i think there's some people that want to hack their education in the sense that okay so personal story and you already know ava um yes but my daughter ava uh, a year ago sat us down and she said, uh, how much, and I'm not going to say which university, she was considering two universities and still is. She's like, how much is this university? And I said, well, 26,005 a year. And she's like, let's just round it to 100,000 for four years. I'm like, all right. She says, I'll split you the difference. I'm like, what do you mean split the difference? She's like, what I'd like to do is I'd like to move to a city and I'm not going to give away where, but we, we know a couple of really awesome entrepreneurs in the city. And she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for them at minimum wage and I'm going to learn from him. You'll pay my costs. Let's just say that we cap it at $50,000 for the next two years. I would rather learn how to build a business from him because he's done it than take classes from this university. And she's like, so do you want to invest in this university or invest in me? And my wife mm. looked at me and she's like, This is your fault. <laughs> and like, why is she doing this? And and of course, like, and and here was the break-even point, right? So Alicia was because Ava hears my rhetoric, right? She hears like you don't have to go, you can hack your own education. But here was the 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 little caveat. My wife was like, You're only a child once. Go have fun. Like, we're the most unparents you can find. So we were like, Go, knock yourself out. We don't care if you finish. Just go for a couple Mm. years and have that experience. Now we say that for two reasons. Why? Because we're very, very good financial planners. And my mom and dad have also set aside money for all three kids. So it's, it's paid for Don't worry about it. Go knock yourself out. But if we, if, if I was just on a teacher salary and my wife didn't work, I'd be taking her up on that offer, except I wouldn't have the $50,000 to give her, you know? So it's. It's one of those things that we have to take this stigma away from just because you're not going doesn't mean you're a terrible student. Ava's got a three nine. And I and I, I hate to see this look of, oh, well, you know, my child's only gonna go to welding school where he'll make, you know, eighty thousand dollars after a year or so of training. Well, my son's gonna go and be a again, I'm not gonna poop on anybody's major world, they'll study things of blah, 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 and he'll be a hundred and eighty thousand dollars in debt. Yay! <laughs> it, it's just, it, like, we need to start taking a practical look. And that's why I really dig Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs was the... He's been carrying this cool banner now for about seven years. Before it wasn't... I mean, because now it's cool to talk about how expensive this is, right? But Mike Rowe's been doing this for a long time, and and I salute him.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, even... I, I, you know, we talk about those, those majors that maybe you, you do need, you know, if you go to like medical school, but I would argue that even the the things that we're learning, the things that are are learned there, the things that are taught there, it's, it's a little bit off. Here's, here's why. I mean, doctors, my, my father is a doctor, he's a general surgeon and my mother is a nurse. And then I have two chiropractor uncles. So like, I, like I get medical school, but Four percent. A research study that I saw is about four percent of all doctors have any uh, training in nutrition. This is the the deciding factor in your health. And then almost nobody, nobody learns. None of these doctors learn about sleep the way they should. I think. Um, I mean, these t- the two most critical factors are just being utterly like ignored and. Uh, I think I, 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 harp on this all the time. And, uh, you know, I, all, all doctors, a lot of doctors, all they know how to do is prescribe medication and drugs, which are really, really bad for you, which yeah. are actually killing you. Yeah. And then, so I, I posted this on LinkedIn. I don't know if you saw this done, but I, uh, I posted it kind of, it kind of blew up said uh you know when i whenever i go to a grocery store or any store and i get a receipt i always i would say like no thanks you can you can throw it away i don't really need it well when i go walk across the stage and they try to hand me my college degree i'll probably say the same thing it's it's a it's literally no more valuable than a receipt and the return policy on it is horrible (laughs) and
1: and, right well let me ask you a question let me turn tables um so, ironically enough, I think we met through my daughter. Yes, and I started looking at your stuff. I'm like, holy shit, dude! Like you're doing it the right way. You Thanks. like even how you set up the interview, and you had the multiple like streams of reminders, and then your website looks clean as heck, and you know it Thanks, just man. everything looks pro. I'm assuming you didn't learn this at the university.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, I did not. Right. Everything, Where did everything you learn learned it learned... from? Where does well, my point? Where did you learn this? <laughs> well, I don't it, it, I don't know how much you can see here, but, you know, if we look behind us um, and the listeners can't see this, obviously, but there are there are close to 100 books here that I read that I that I've read. And, you know, like I read uh, 31 in 2018. Um, I just love reading and I. You know, I mean my the, the podcast, Don is called Growth Minds at University. Right. If I don't if I don't know something, I can surely learn it. Absolutely. And and that's how I you know learned how to do websites. It was really frustrating. It was like, you know, get super frustrated and, and it takes a really long time and you're gonna want to quit after five minutes. And ninety nine percent of people do quit after five minutes. Yeah. But I kept going, I kept going, I mastered it, and now that's how I make money. Yeah. Like and and I can make more money than a than a teacher. Because I learned this skill of WordPress. I always say WordPress
1: is my degree. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I had a guest on once that he said that he went to Barnes & Noble University. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, like he would buy his $3 coffee and, you know, at the Starbucks stand. And then just because he couldn't afford to buy the books and he'd just go there and read. It was his own personal library because he's like, you know, our public library didn't have some of the really, really, really recent titles. Um, And he said, and if they did have the good titles, he'd go to the library and save himself the three bucks. He says, but I'd spend hours on end. And he's like, you know, the good people, Barnes and Noble, they're like, hey, you know, hey, there he is again today. They didn't mind, but you know, he'd go and read their books for free. And then he was had the same thing as you. He's like, I can, I can read all these great people and their insights and see if I can apply it to my, my my practice and obviously I knew that was your answer but that's that's my whole point like you're not getting it from McGraw-Hill and you're not getting it from your university you're getting it from you and seeking out your own mentors and your Mm -hmm. mentors have taken years of their insights and then thrown them down into four or five hours worth of reading and boom you got all their insights yeah totally and in the podcast too for me like pe- talking to people like you man
0: i mean that's i, I mean really like i i love isn't it cool it's, yeah man <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know it very well man so you know it's interesting i always feel like like i'm not I, i'm not taking the the right approach with my message i you're the superhero don and people love your message about education and, and but i feel like a super villain and pe- you know The majority agree,
1: but but some people attack me, like, viciously, man. Of course. (laughs) But but, but, but the thing is, is, like, here's the thing. The truth hurts. It just does. Mm. And you're not the villain. You're the freaking hero that they don't want to hear. Hey, do I look fat in these jeans? Damn right you look fat in those jeans. (laughs) You look fat as hell. No, that is love. That is love. Yeah. You know, if I, if I start, if I'm about ready to take stage and, and, and there's cameras on me and I've got a huge booger in my nose, somebody's like, dude, let get that out of the way. That is love. Now you could say, well, I'm offended. You may be bringing people a message that offends them. That's cool. Because if they're offended by it, you're getting to them. And yeah, like, I get it. Like, there's some in education that don't like me. Hell, I'm a teacher and I have a podcast on how much I don't like education. Now the the parts that I do like, I hold up and love, but I, you know, I don't expect to be the the hero to all, but that's okay. The the everything is awesome is in the Lego movie and nowhere else. And, And I think that you're doing a really great service by challenging people. Now, here's the hard part. We now live in a culture where no one wants to be challenged, which mortifies me, by the way. If you yeah, want to talk man. about growth mindset, the most toxic thing you can do is not offend anyone ever, always. Because that is not setting you up for anything. And 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 normally, I'm a big fan of of you know like uh, we can go into how much millennials got screwed over by the changing economy and they did it the right way and then they had the rug pulled underneath them but what they're doing wrong is is that now they're creating this ultra safe space for everything and that's not the way the world works it's just not Mm. and 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 if we can if we can like start take harnessing like taking that back a little bit like dude this isn't supposed to be offensive. This is the way things are. We need to overcome these things in a way where we can have a dialogue, but not in a way where we can say, no, what you're saying, you know, I I like my major. And I think that what you've said is, is hurtful. I'm just throwing out data. So, you know, it, if growth, if Growth Mindset University is all of a sudden saying, "Look, these things aren't," you know, if you're a friend offended by McGraw Hill University, you, you might as well just take a look, a hard look at at, at at what I'm talking about. You can walk away saying that you're stupid or wrong, but that whole shut them down, don't let them speak is so awful. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you say to people that the one of the most
0: common rebuttals that I get is dude, take responsibility. It's what you make of it. Like, but, but there's not a whole, there's, there's not a fuck ton to make from nothing. Like you can't make, it's hard to make something from nothing, Don. Right. What do you, what, what, how do you combat that? It's just, it's, it's
1: simple math. Oh, (laughs) simple math. math. Like, you know, like if somebody is arguing that like, uh, well, heck (laughs) again, I'm going to offend, but like, you know, if you had, right. And and I'm assuming you're either on scholarship or heck your dad's a doctor. So you can go for the very same reasons Ava's going. And again, not all majors are are created equal, but if I were, if I were poor and thinking about being a business major, my first business decision would be, am I going to sink a hundred thousand dollars and not have a business, but start off with a degree four years from now, or try to start my business journey at age 18, and see if I can spend a hundred thousand dollars to grow. Like, could you imagine if you had a hundred dollars a hundred thousand dollars in Facebook and Instagram ads? Oh my god, I mean, blow I mean, up. You, d- dude. you just come up with oh. like just some sort of bullshit like trial, like selling fidget spinners for God's sake, right? And you're and if you had a hundred thousand dollars worth of Facebook and Insta ads, it, it just that return on investment is just math. It's just math. So when people yeah. say, make the most of it, easy for us to say, and I'm now, now I'm going to sound, you know, and acknowledge that this is the, where the average college student goes, check your privilege. You're damn right. I have privilege. My father was Chuck Wettrick, who never made more than the average teacher but he had, he instilled in his son working hard. And when I went to college, it was really affordable. So I have, that was, that is my privilege. But not, but seeing what you guys are up against, hey man, this is, <laughs> I would just say, would you rather take $100,000 in cash and invest it in you or $100,000 and invest it in the university if you're a business major? Now, if you're medical, you gotta go. If you're advanced engineering, you gotta go. Yeah. but as a straight up business major, your first business decision is not investing $100,000 in your own company or yourself or your own personal brand. I don't know. right. Well where would
0: you suggest then uh, you know we talked about we talked about books like what what would it, what is the dream cur, you know curriculum in learning on your own because you can't I wouldn't I would not advise <laughs> taking that hundred thousand dollars and just kind of like guessing at it. What would you, I, what is the bare minimum requirement that, this that, that is you would be, ask people to learn first before they spend oh, that big budget? Yeah.
1: Well, this, it's funny you say that. This is the mission that I'm on. I'm, I'm into providing experiences for 15 to 18-year-olds so they can have this mindset before they enter university age. So that, like, literally, that is my mission. We, we through our foundation, we do events, we do programming for 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds to start thinking this way. Again, seekers and peakers. So these opportunity seekers start meeting once a month and probably more here in, in the in the next you know couple of months. And then they started comparing notes and they start doing pitches and they start having this, this culture, right? So now by the time they're 18, 19, ready to go to college, they can make these informed decisions. And if they still want to go to university, I understand and respect that, but now they're making an informed decision. Or And this is something that I've thought deeply about. And I take it like, like I don't recommend anything that I wouldn't do with my own children. I have three. Is that I I would be interested in hacking my own education. Getting an apartment right off campus, living a college life. When your friends are at class, you're at a co-working space paying $129 a month. Hell, you could probably even get on the university meal plan, eat with some (laughs) of your butt. No, I'm serious. Like you could probably, I don't think that they... I don't know i could be wrong it depends on a different university but you could go to the, the 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 dorm cafeterias and maybe eat lunch with your pals every now and then and on the weekends you do your you know your college thing but then come monday yeah. morning when people are in psych 101 you're going to work you're at the co-working space with by the way the average co-working space person is 24 and 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 has that i don't have time to mess around anymore and then you'd find that equilibrium that that's just that's what that's what I that's what young don wetrick would do if he were living in 2019 and I was 19 that's what mm. I'd be doing that's awesome man and now i i want to get to your class
0: because you're doing such a fantastic service with your class can you explain a little bit about where this class of yours, the origin story of that class, (laughs) how you started teaching that. story ever. Why they even allowed you to teach
1: this class, right? I sometimes wonder. (laughs) So eight years ago, I get this email. that said, watch this. And it was a link to Dan Pink's TED Talk. And I had no idea at the time who Dan Pink was. And to be fair, Drive had just came out. Um, Although Free Agent Nation was uh, like, that book has come true, by the way. Uh, that he wrote in like 1998. But anyway, mm. so I, I watched this video and it's what motivates people. It's mastery Autonomy Purpose. And so he's talking about it in the Google sense, the Atlassian sense, all these major businesses are trying this 20% time. I'm like, why the hell are we not trying this at the uni- at the high school level? So I try it. It goes okay. And by okay, it wasn't really good. But it seemed like my straight A students hated it. But my creative, let's just call them skateboard kids, loved it. And so I asked for my own class um, and it got off the ground and we called it innovation and open source learning. And that is to say the first six, seven, eight weeks is creating a culture. We learn how to look at problems, how to whiteboard, how to brainstorm effectively, how to collect and connect, uh, you know, uh, how to take your own di- digital branding seriously. Like I give my kids a week to create a good profile on LinkedIn because how many 16 year olds are on LinkedIn? Not many. And if you're doing something, you get attention. Get um, ahead too, uh, Example, Ave, right? Ave is, yeah, she's, yeah. she's found her, her area. And so, um, and then- so she, she,
0: gets, she gets
1: a lot of likes and views and uh, comments, man. Dude. She's ahead, as I'm saying. Well, and to be, let's be fair, she has an advantage in the f- sense that her age and her gender, like we're, we're, we're begging for more female leadership. Mm. And she's happy to oblige. She's an interesting kid. So um, <laughs> yeah. she's, happy, she's confident. Um, but, you know, that was the first seven, eight weeks. And now the class is called open source learning from here on out. So if a kid is like, you know, you open source your learning. Hey, Wetrick, I want to be able to code an app and I want to use this coding language. I don't know. But I sure as heck have a decent Rolodex of people right? So some, some is, Hey, I want to do an event. I want to do a charity run for kids with autism here in our town. I've never run a event, nor do I know those little microchip things that go in your shoe, but, uh, but we know people that do. So I'm like, great, go talk to them, go do that thing. So I don't teach anymore. I help manage. And it's been, it's been amazing for two reasons. One, because the amount of things that I don't know are darn near infinite and the and the people that I do know, I can help out with. And in a day and an age when I hear people complain, well, it's not what you know; it's who you know. Okay, no people. Like, how hard is that? Well, I don't have the network that you do. I didn't have shit for network seven years ago. Yeah, but I put myself out there. Yeah, put in the damn work, man. And I'm like, hey, and then like that, and I. This is where my advantage is. I have an excuse. I have children. Who wants to go help my students? Now it's a little bit more. So teachers of the world, if it's so star-spangled awesome to know people, you know what teachers know? People. If you've taught for 10 years, you know at least 3,000 families. Put that network to use, even at a local sense. Get on LinkedIn. Follow people. Provide them some value they'll want to give back and when you're nice people really want to give back if you're online talking about how you think that blah 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 and uh, use i.e twitter i'm done with i'm i'm rarely am i on twitter anymore
0: it's so toxic. It's my dad says, as it always says, it's a cesspool of hate and misery.
1: <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is like, and, and the funny thing is, and I'm sorry, we're sidetracking the real cesspool uh-huh. of awfulness is Instagram. Oh, the back and forth, upward hate, and downward. Compa- and, the, the backward and forward of hate isn't there as much, but the, I hate my life is Instagram. Mm-hmm. My abs don't look like that. Why am I not in Maui? That yeah. bitch thinks she's so great. Dude, Instagram is toxic. I, I think so too. Yeah,
0: it's like even even for me, man. In, in college, it's like <laughs> yeah, you know, this is gonna sound so stupid, but like I used to get yeah, you know, I used to get like four hundred fifty likes, and now I get now I guess I'm not cool, <laughs> and I get two hundred, <laughs> and it's like, but it makes people think it's like oh, oh what am I doing wrong? Yeah, what have, like, I, like I I think it's really bad, and like I don't actually like I don't actually care that much, and like I like I have I have other buckets where my happiness is putting. But for some people, that's all they got. Absolutely. Now,
1: yeah. Well, no, now, it's funny though. Like it's a, if you traveled to back in time five years ago and say that Joe Rogan is now kind of the, the voice of reason in America, because he has on very balanced guests, but he had on a, and I know that you're not really supposed to talk about another podcast when you're on a podcast, but Joe Rogan had on a guest. I'm trying to remember the guy's name and he's a clinical researcher. And he was talking about the effects of Instagram on girls. It was it's awful.
0: Ooh. I, it's awful. Okay. If you can, you don't, you don't happen to remember the name, do
1: you? I'll remember by the time we, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll remember here in a second. At 46, gotcha, man, gotcha. my, your brain's foggy. <laughs> so, so back to your, back to your class, what do you
0: mean by open source learning? Explain that
1: concept a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, open up your sources you know, traditionally you learn from, and think about how silly this is. You learn from one teacher sitting in the front and he or she knows all. <laughs> that's yeah. silly. I open source it. So if you want to learn how to, you know, if you want to learn better WordPress, I'm going to send them to you, not me. <laughs> it's, yeah, totally.
0: Um, yeah. That's it. Uh, okay. That's, that's great. Now. So, are, now, people in your class, students in your class are actually – you guys You guys just work on, uh, like, real projects, right? And people are starting podcasts. Not that that's, like, the end-all, be-all. It's not. But it's amazing. I always say, like, people my age should, be, should start a podcast while they're going to school. Yeah. Um, it, but they're working on projects, and they're taking them outside the classroom. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. No, it, like uh, – the only thing I want you to work on is relevant things, relevant to you. So we've had students do various things. I mean, uh, as something as high level as I'm going to go build my own school in Africa, which two of my students, like one graduated early so he could start going out there in, in January. And, uh, and, as, and, as, and I say low level, I say this lovingly, and as, and as easy and low level it is, I want to learn how to quilt and knit with my grandma while she has time left on this earth. So either one are innovative to them right? Because school should be a time where you learn things, learn the things that you have to, but also learn the things that you want to or should do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, some of our kids do podcasting or, or some sort of social branding, which I highly recommend. Um, but some do, you know, coding, some do events, some do services, whatever. But no matter what, um, I want them to be at least dip their toe in the entrepreneurial pool. I don't, I don't, you know, It doesn't have to, but I usually require it uh, because there's four levels here. And by the way, I'm ironically enough, I'm borrowing this from Stanford. Tina Selig, who is among my idols, she's a professor at Stanford. She said there's innovation. I'm sorry. There's imagination, creativity, innovation, entrepreneurship. Everybody has an imagination. SpongeBob taught us that. After that, when you get that idea onto paper, that's creativity or onto clay or onto wherever. And if you've got something creative that's really, truly unique and hasn't been done or haven't been done to you, that's innovative and if it's something truly innovative yeah might as well bring it to market so that that might as well bring it to market is where i kind of turn up the heat a little bit on them so i make them participate in at least three pitch competitions over the year if they don't want to take it seriously i'm like just go through it because a good like knowing how to pitch is good for you no matter what um but that's the reason why we don't call it an entrepreneur class because it's not entrepreneurial unless it should be (laughs) that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm hmm. So you now also with your class, you're bringing in people you've gotten a hold of people like Tim Ferriss and Seth Godin. Now, you know, here's you know, I wanted to circle. You know, we're, we're talking about solutions more. We started we were more problem oriented. Mm-hmm. Now we're solution oriented. But I want to bring back a problem because this is I think this is really important on my college campus. Um, you know, I'll ask people I'm trying to explain something. I'm a marketing major and I'll ask people. Uh, you know, I'm trying to explain something and you know, maybe a concept from Seth Godin and I'll ask, do you know who, like, you know Seth Godin, right? And 99% of students and teachers do not know who Seth Godin is, even if they're a marketing major or yes. they're a marketing teacher. Not a single piece of his content is worked. Yeah, he or his books is are is Right, He is marketing. He wrote a book called this is marketing. I'm in the middle of reading it right now. What has he written? Like 30 books. And this guy is like probably the most famous and well-known and successful
1: marketer, like alive. In the the circle though. Right. But not in academia. And by the way, of Mm. course he's not known at the college level. He slams colleges. Oh, true. he slams colleges. (laughs) Matter of fact, when we had him on the podcast, he was Borderline confrontational about us because I was trying to like find a middle way. And I'm like, well, maybe he's like, no, no. He's like, it's just a waste of time. And I do, he's, but no, to your point, ironically enough, you said Tim Ferriss and not knowing the reason why actually this started two podcasts. This is. Um, you're taking me through memory lane. I love this. We had um, like in our class, we'd reach out to people and say, Hey, just call into the class and we want to hear from you and all this other stuff. And one of those persons was Tim Ferriss. And I put out an email. I'm like, I mean, this is Tim freaking Ferriss. And so I put out an email and so oh, yeah. I'm like, Hey, anybody wants to come down here. We've got Tim Ferriss scheduled for an hour and a half dollar amount wise. That's expensive. It's free right now. So we're like, hey, awesome. Like I got a couple responses back. It was like, did he invent the Ferris wheel? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, two <laughs> teachers knew who he was. And I'm not saying that to rip on them. Like it's not in their area, but this is the reason why I started the podcast. These are people that have opinions about education, but they're not in education. No offense to the, uh, the school, crea- the Sir Ken Robinson, the school crea- cre- creativity guy. Mm. He, that's cool, and and I liked them, But I, I I like it when people are outside of education, but they have a a firm grasp on what life is like out of school. So so one of my kids we're sitting there talking to Tim, and one of my kids goes, "Are we recording these? Because these are kind of cool. Because like the, like the week before we had on Naveen Jane, who you may not know who that is, but oh I do, of course, right? I so but kidding? like so Naveen was calling in the class, Tom Billu, um. I had to call the class and, and we're like, we should really start a podcast. And, and, and then ironically enough, then the story you told her right after that, that's exactly how Ava started hers. Um, you know, daddy goes and speaks, you know, at other cities. And one time we had a, 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 a t- I had a speech in, in Illinois and Ava was like, hey, can I come and watch you? I've never seen you perform. I was like, sure. So we have a four-hour drive to this location. And so we're in the car, just kind of talking. And all of a sudden, celebrity gossip minute comes on the radio. And so it was something about what Kanye had said or somebody, I don't know. It was something trivial. And Ava goes, this, this is what's wrong with my generation. I'm like, what do you mean, Ava? And She's like, mm. more people will take instruction on what Kanye says today. Yep. And none of my friends know who Tim Ferriss or Peter DeMandez are. Mm, I know. And she then goes prophetically. She's like, Gen Z needs better mentors. And then she, paused. and that's it. Yep. And then she's and like, now that's her thing. Dad, I could start a podcast called mentors with a yeah. Z and then introduce people of my generation, better mentors. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty good. Ave, go for it. Um, but like, she's right. And you were right. The amount of people in your generation who don't know visionaries like Ray Kurzweil, but they can name you every lyric of Cardi B. That's like, okay. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm an audiophile. So I liked lyrics too, but have some balance in your life, right? If, If you can literally know every single stat about Kevin Durant if you know everything about Manchester United, then save a little time for some people that will be influential in your life after college.
0: hmm definitely. Now, you're, the work you're doing is awesome, but we, I, I think there is a, an issue here. I, is it scalable? I don't know if it is.
1: I, it is, but it's not supported anyway. So true, <laughs> true to our our discussion here, we were I, the start Ed up was an LLC and it still is, um, and it was ironically enough your boy <laughs> Gary, who we didn't you know I went out there to New York and and interviewed him and after the interview was over he was yeah it was like, awesome
0: I got a you. link to it in the show notes it was amazing thank you
1: but after the show he was like Don let me ask you a question except he's like Don Don let me ask you a question. <laughs> and he says, How many students do you have? And I said, 120. And he says, That's effing cute. You're not making that much of an impact. Do you want to help mm. 120 kids or 120,000 kids? Because you just can't do this from your classroom. I get it, Don. You can be a spotlight from your classroom, but you need to go out there and get some other things. And he says, let me ask you this, Don, how many years does it take for a school to possibly adopt a class like yours? Which is kind of what our LLC was built on. How willing are schools to do that? A, one out of 10,000 schools are interested. Because if they ask me, how much (laughs) is this going to improve the SAT score? My answer is, I don't know if it is. It's going to prepare them like mad. Well look, our state funding model is them passing the state standardized test. So like, and I get that, like, I, there's no arguing that. That's just is what it is. But they're so, so they're like, well, maybe not. And, and so Gary asks, he's like, even if they wanted to adopt your class, how long does that take? And I'm like, probably a year, two years. He's like, right. So if your son was a sophomore, he's just effed, right? And I'm like, yeah. He says, you need to go to the people that care. Not to, He's like, the school administration doesn't care about my son personally. They can't. He's like, you need to start doing things and getting people out of the classroom. And that's what basically what we started with our foundation. And I'm happy and privileged enough to say that, uh, ironically enough, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation was the one that backed us first um, and get us the money to, to be a nonprofit and start doing events. But yeah, we, we do those monthly events and that's just it. Like, because I can't convince a school to do this curriculum, it is very scalable if I get them out of the building. And, you know, and it's been kind of a great start to 2019. We've already got commitments out of five more cities and coming to a city near you. And, uh, we're, we're, I, I, like rapidly expanding. Um, what, what goes what goes on in these events? So um, the favor- So, about the first five, well, first we bring in pizza and snacks and whatever just to get them there. But uh, so the first 20 minutes is just kind of like a networking event as the other place, like a LinkedIn local or whatever. And then we have a five minute soft skill of the month, right? And it's put on by somebody like you or a kid that kind of gets it. And they're like, okay. Someone this- who has the skill. Someone who's done it. Right. Like, except it's better because they're your age. So like, ironically enough, you know, some of my students usually lead this part. Like, here's how you truly engage with people. Here's how you play the long-term game and provide value. And then a year from now, you ask for something. Here's how you build a network. Here's how you put down your phone and talk to people, right? So that's our soft skill. That's five minutes. Then what we do is, this is exciting. We have a guest of the evening and that guest is a small nonprofit. So like, for example, we had one, uh, it was a homeless shelter for pregnant teens, right? So they go in there and they like have a reverse ask. So they're like, hey, here's what we do. Here's what we provide. Except here's our major problem. Sometimes it's lack of funding or awareness or, or, or a, a logistics issue. And so you are given then 35 minutes to come up with a three minute pitch. So they all get into separate rooms that they were averaging about 60 to 70 a night and, and growing by the week or a month. And and so they are given this time to go into separate rooms and whiteboard. And then 35 minutes is a pretty fast and furious pitch. Um, and then when they come back, and this is the part they don't like, they're, I'm like, pick one group. And they're like, all of them were great. I'm like, bullshit, pick one group. <laughs> and then that one group is then given $500 to go implement their strategy. And, and so... Yeah it's empowering other nonprofits. It's letting kids, it's letting 16 year olds know that their insights are, are practical. It's going to be resume builder. And not only that, but we also then have a board, a student board of directors for every chapter we have throw that shit on LinkedIn. Say that you're the communications um, director for started up Richmond, Indiana and 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 these things are growing and and the students walk away here's the hard part getting them there for the first time because parents are going ape shit for this like my son or my daughter is going to go to that and then they're like if your dad thinks it's cool then you're like i don't know if i want to go if we get them in there once we have an 85 percent return rate and then we grow exponentially and it's been Hmm. and here's my favorite part hunter who's my co-founder um we're we're watching the kids go in and start and start pitching. I'm like, oh my god, Hunter, tell me what you see. He is a bunch of kids whiteboarding. I'm like, how many are on their phone? Mm. And He's like, that's such a great measure. Oh my god, oh my gosh. they're engaging. They're pitching. They're expanding each other's ideas. They're yes anding each other, dude. That it's shit amazing. is electric. And so yeah, that's that's our that's our thing and then so the if we have an every other month scenario and the other month is just open pitches some kids going to walk away with 500 bucks at the end of the night Mm. and it's just seed funding and they'll tell us here's how i'd use your 500 bucks but by putting them into that parameter like i'm not asking them to build a lightsaber i'm more or less saying give me a business idea and what would you do for 500 starter and is it sustainable and can it can it work out and just basics but the thing is dude like this creates this culture. It creates an ecosystem. And here's where I'll like honestly give kudos to the IEDC. They knew that some of these kids weren't going to be an entrepreneur tonight or tomorrow, but here in a couple years, they're built. They're building this culture. They're creating this ecosystem where they have those seekers and peakers. That all of a sudden you're you're building these high school kids up to think for themselves, and that is magical, my friend.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I'm so happy to hear all of this. It's just, it, it makes me so happy. I mean, people, people like yourself, teachers, and, and I've had professors message me. They, they know that, you know, education needs to evolve and they're, you know, they're thinking along the lines of you. And, and it's just really amazing to see, like, it's not just students that, that know it. Like, of course, I've given my why formal education is a huge scam talk to, uh, you know, two classes of 70 students and that's like a, such a cherry picked audience. It's, you know, of course they're all going to agree with you, but like the fact that professors and teachers and people like you are, are in, in, in uh, accordance with, with this is amazing. Now on a global scale though, what does fixing education look like? Because, and then I wanted to make this clear, you know, we're harping on, you know, universities and whatnot. And I really pray, like, I don't want the answer to be, I don't, the, 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 solution to be, I don't want it to be like, you know, everyone go drop out of school. Right. That's not it. That right. would be chaos. It'd right. be horrible. I want the solution to be, uh,
1: re, you know, incorporating more relevant and this learning is so outcomes. Easy. Dude, oh, this, this oh, is, is, no, this is so easy. I've got the answer. Like when people are yeah, like, yeah. well, you don't have the answer. Yes, I do. It's as simple as this. Embrace the 20% time model that Dan Pink talked about starting from third grade. That's it. Because if the mm. elementary school, by the way, statistically, students stop liking school in third grade, which by the way, knock, knock, when does the states, when do all states start their standardized testing? Third grade. Is there a correlation there? Yes. So you, you have third, fourth, fifth graders offer 45 minutes a week. Normally it's on Friday to, for them to start looking into things. Maybe they can have mil, b- Minecraft build-a-thons. Maybe they can have their own pitch nights. Maybe they can have a, you know, like things that they're interested in do some research and then what can you do with that? Now, here's where the, it usually, that train stops because genius hours, it's called by some or 20% times called by others, usually fizzled out by the time you get into middle school. But it can work in middle school because most middle schools are teamed. And that, you know, science, social studies, math, language teachers are teamed. So when people say, well, I can't have this genius hour because I have to, you know, my plate is full. You can, um, you can afford one day a month because this month's, genius hour is on Friday for English class. And next week it's with social studies and next week it's with science, et cetera, et cetera. And if you have a specials in there, it can be once every five weeks that you have to do it. But, but so now school is seen as I have time to learn the things that I should know. And by the way, a lot of education you should know. Not I agree with you. Don't throw it all out. Just enhance, set aside no. one day. So now from grade school to middle school, you have this. And this is where I selfishly think that my sort of class, innovation, open source learning should be an elective. And you have like, that is the class you work on that every day, or in my case for 90 minutes every other day, because it deserves its own time. And now the kids aren't just conceptual. They're actually wanting to build things or start things or apply for things to like innovation. Open source learning should be in every high school in America, bar none. And that's scalable easily but we all have to agree that this throwing on an extra ap class to pad your gpa is complete bullshit like why are you taking this i don't know it could boost my gpa and now i can get into that famous college but like okay but what did you learn oh i just memorized shit like like just one class One class out of all of them. Because that AP U.S. history class may be beneficial. That math class is probably beneficial. That science class is beneficial. Just one class out of the day where it is you. It is selfish. You are taking time to worry about your digital brand. You are taking time to start gaining skills. You you could just go through Russell Brunson's three books and that's the next three weeks. I'm going to freaking learn Russell Brunson. I'm going to understand the psychology of the click. Holy shit. I mean, like dude, or if somebody goes, "I want to learn the stock market. I want to learn holds and puts. I want to understand yeah. how to play the futures game." Hell to the yeah. Do that, dude.
0: Oh yeah. Dude, it's it, it's got to happen, and I have no doubt it will. It's, it's uh, so this is where your...
1: this is where I think it might, but this is where Gary was like, "It's just going to mm. crash and burn" because You know, it's hard to turn an aircraft carrier, right? So the education system is so huge. Ironically enough, it's the smaller schools that can go, we're going to start this tomorrow and can, but the school corporations that like LA Unified and and Chicago Public and all this, there's they're so huge and vast. It takes them five years to agree on one change. And yeah. that's just too long. So I think the torchbearers are going to be those smaller, nimble schools that go, we can try this, which ironically enough, they're in North Dakota. They're in Wisconsin. They're in central New Jersey. You know, places you don't expect innovation to come from. That's where it's going to be.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Don, you have your podcast, Start Ed Up, and people can find that pretty much, pretty much everywhere, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, your book is on Amazon. Pure
1: genius, correct? Mm-hmm. Creating cultural mm-hmm. innovation. By the way, uh-huh. John Haight was the was the guy on Joe Rogan. John H a <laughs> i d t. Oh know. gosh, I, you I, remember? I, I, I told you my forty six year old brain works <laughs> in cycles. But, that's yeah. so funny, man. But yeah. So, uh,
0: so yeah, they, and then and then let us know where our website is where people can check you out. And, and now here is the thing: Why should people? Check that stuff out and visit you and learn more about learning and education.
1: Yeah, I mean, Why? one, I'm hoping I piqued your curiosity and just check it out to see if I'm completely full of shit. <laughs> like, like you'll hear, like if you follow me on LinkedIn, especially LinkedIn or Twitter, you'll see videos of the students doing this. Or if you go to our our website, you know, uh, startedupfoundation.org, you'll see this. If you go to our Facebook page, Start Ed Up. I'm sorry. Facebook.com slash start ed up foundation. You will see videos of these events. It's not bullshit. So if you like, for those reasons, if you're like, Oh, he's talking about teenagers doing all this cool stuff. Let's see if it exists. Oh, it exists. I've seen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then for that matter, I mean, like if you're a teacher listening to this and you think that, you know, I think I want to see if I can convince my principal or superintendent, you can go to start com. That's kind of where we have some of our solutions. But for the most part, like right now, winning parents over has been way easier than winning the educational system over. But mm. that's all the links. So, Don, before I ask my final question, I do have to acknowledge you and
0: mostly thank you for spreading this message and for, you know, not just talking about the problem. Sometimes I think I'm too problem oriented, but you Are are you know going full force with everything you've got at the solution, and you are my education superhero. That's how Ava introduced us. She's like, she's like, uh, Jordan. Jordan says you're you're his education superhero. I'm like, oh my gosh, Ava. (laughs) But but you are because you're doing such a fantastic service for the world, and I know you're going to continue to do amazing things done so i thank you oh jordan right back i'm at excited you. to watch it
1: no right back at you because like people like you i'm like my students will look to and go like oh look at jordan he's doing it the right way and then they emulate that behavior like seriously your web presence and how professional and clean everything looks is i'll be honest with you i'm a little bit like okay if i had more time or i should just outsource it out to some people but like Your shit looks so much better than mine, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, that's okay though. That's okay. He he can do that. That's good for him. Um, But no, it looks so good. And the fact of the matter is, your age is everything, and you're doing it, and you look like, you know, your your web presence looks like you're running an organization of a budget that's ridiculous, and it's probably not. And that speaks (laughs) volumes. That's how
0: it's supposed to look. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And 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 my students can look at that and go, okay, that's so. You know, Jordan, all right, check. Growth Mindset University, want my stuff to look like that, check. So thank you for being an inspiration for my students.
0: Well, Don, thank you so much for that from the bottom of my heart. Now, my final question, usually my final question is this, and and it doesn't (laughs) fit, but we're going to change it. But the final question is always, uh, or recently it's been, if you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? But you, you, you teach the innovation class. We know about your class. If you had, Don, this is the the revised final question. If you had one minute with a superintendent or a university president, president to and they're like they're on the fence they're being a fence sitter on they're kind of considering a change kind of not if you had one minute (laughs) what are the things that you would say to make that change to get them to make that change why
1: should they do it Don? i would ask them a question and then ask them to answer their own question if i ask you know what is the purpose of school the most cliche and correct answer is to prepare them for the future and i say okay where in your curriculum is it preparing them for the future or can we talk about the future can we talk about automation? Can we talk about machine learning? Can we talk about the fact that several different careers, not jobs, careers are going to be wiped out in the next five years? Can we take a look at what those careers are? Can we start looking at where the trends are going? Because if it's your, if it's your God-given purpose as an educator, prepare our kids for the future, which literally is education. How are you preparing them for the future? That took me 20 seconds. I don't even need a minute.
0: I don't even need a minute. Tom Wetzel, you're the man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on, man. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes all you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad open up the Apple podcast app hit the search tab search the show growth my university or just search my name Jordan Paris tap the show scroll all the way to the bottom and then just hit that fifth star and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine it means the absolute world to me when people do this I would be eternally grateful if you do that we're pushing 100 ratings right now and it's really making a difference for this show and of course if you've not already subscribed to the show just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode i know you're not going to want to miss it and you only heard this episode today because i thought it was valuable enough to post here so if you want to share that value with your friends your family Go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.